0: Welcome to Purpose Church on December 26th. It's the day after Christmas, and we are so glad that you are joining us today. My name is Pastor Eric, and this is Pastor Claire, and we are so excited to be looking with you at a story that only shows up once in Scripture. Today, we are gonna be looking at Junior High Jesus. Yes, in the Bible, there is one story recorded about Junior High Jesus. In the Gospel of Mark and John, those authors just run straight into adult Jesus. In in Matthew's gospel, he talks about the birth of Jesus and then quickly transitions to his adult life. But Luke, Luke tells the story of baby Jesus and then pauses for 11 verses to give us a front row seat into pre-teen Jesus. Because after all, Even junior high Jesus has something to teach us.
1: Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it.
0: Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts sitting among the teachers, listening to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Did
1: you know that it's possible to forget Jesus even on December 26th? Just like Pastor Eric was talking about, this story is the one place in the Gospels where we get a behind-the-scenes, a VIP-exclusive look at the family life of Jesus as a middle schooler. And just like any good story for middle school, it does not take long for something to go wrong. In the first two verses, 41 and 42, we learn that Jesus and his family went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover every year. And so for us, with our student ministries brains, that's we kind of think of that like Jesus going to summer camp every year. <laughs> Except since Passover happened in the spring, this is more like an epic spring break trip slash camp that Jesus also got to bring his parents to. But in the very next verse, verse 43, Mary and Joseph lose Jesus. They have the festivities and they move on. They start returning home without Jesus. Mm. Mary and Joseph, they literally had one job, right? Go to the festivities and take care of their kid. And they missed it. And at first, that's kind of like a funny story, a little comedic relief, maybe encouraging to all you parents out there that even Mary and Joseph lost the Messiah. But if you really think about this story and you start to think about the spiritual implications of it, this story becomes really serious and really sad. Because number one, Mary and Joseph, they know that Jesus is special. I mean, first of all, Jesus was born from a virgin. Mary and Joseph are both well aware of that miracle. Mm. Add in angel visits, strangers delivering gifts, and people prophesying and and singing songs at Jesus' birth, Mary and Joseph don't have a false pride in their child. They know that there's something different about Jesus, and they still lose him. And that leads us to the second reason why this is kind of an alarming story is that Mary and Joseph, it doesn't seem like they intend to do anything wrong. Mm. There's nothing in this text that shows that they're irresponsible or neglectful parents. In fact, it, it, actually, it actually seems like Mary and Joseph are hyper spiritual and highly devout Jews going to the Passover festival every single year. Mm. And at that festival, Attendance was absolutely required for Jewish men, but not for women. And so Mary's presence at Passover not only showed her faithfulness to God, but it showed how this spiritual experience was a high priority for Jesus and his family. Mm. But it's in the aftermath of these festivities that Mary and Joseph forget Jesus. Mm. And in verse 43, it says, they were unaware that he wasn't with them. He just slipped their mind. Mary and Joseph did all the right things, but they left behind who was most important. And today, if you and I are not careful, in the aftermath of this Christmas season, In the vulnerability of the fatigue and the busyness, Jesus can slip from our minds too. And we are in great danger when we think that we're we're moving on with our lives with Jesus right next to us, when in reality, we're far from him. Maybe you're already starting to feel like this is you. Maybe you're starting to think back on this past month and you're realizing that you said yes to way more parties this month than you did to more time in God's word. Maybe right now, one day after Christmas, you're already thinking about your calendar for this upcoming week. You're thinking about that work deadline, that sports game, that relationship, that Mm. conversation that you need to have, and in the middle of all the busyness and the craziness, you are missing the presence of Jesus. Mm. Jesus is the King of Kings. At this time, Mary and Joseph had some idea of this, and they still forgot them. But for us today, on this side of the cross and of the empty tomb, we know the truth. And friends, celebrating Christmas is meaningless without a personal relationship with Jesus that lasts beyond December 25th. Mm. Jesus is worthy of so much more than just one day of celebration at his birth and maybe the one other day that we give him celebrating his resurrection. As demonstrated in this story, the in-between of Jesus's life matters. And the in-between of our lives, the way that we choose to live every single day, that matters. Jesus is worthy of us remembering him every day of every year for the rest of our lives. And so if you're starting to realize that somewhere along the way you've forgotten about Jesus, and you want him to be close to you, then where do you begin to look for him?
0: Pastor Claire, I think that's such an important question, which really leads to our second big idea, that sometimes pursuing Jesus actually takes you backwards. Pastor Claire's right that, Mary and Joseph weren't sinning here. They were just being a little bit unintentional with Jesus. And the text is clear that Jesus has not sinned, that Jesus is not trying to frustrate them or he is not disobeying them. But we have ourselves here the first case of a first century home alone experience. I don't know if you all remember that movie, but uh, Macaulay McCulkin, he, he he's like Jesus who just gets left behind by his family family. Now, what a horrible experience, and especially for his parents. I remember a number of years ago, there was a student in our ministry. He was a junior hire at the time, and we were taking a local urban mission trip here in Pomona, serving throughout the city. And on our final stop, we stopped back here at Purpose Church in the high school room in the B building so all the students could go to the bathroom. And then we were heading to City Hall to celebrate over lunch all that God had been doing. So, After all the students went to the bathroom, we closed the B building, turned off all the lights, and went to City Hall. Now, there was a young man with us by the name of Dominic, and I think Dominic was in the seventh grade at this time. And so all of us leaders and students are at City Hall, and I get a call from Dominic's mom. And Dominic's mom says, Pastor Eric, I just got a call from my son, Dominic, and he's at the B building. It's pitch black, dark. He's terrified, and I think you guys left him back there. And at the end of this trip, I was so exhausted. So I looked at all my leaders, and I said, you guys, somebody left Dominic. One of you left Dominic behind. Whose car was Dominic in? And the smallest student in our ministry looked up at me and said, Pastor Eric, Dominic was in your car. All of a sudden, I realized I left Dominic behind. It was a horrible feeling. Maybe you've Left a kid in a store. Maybe you forgot or you lost them in a store. Maybe you forgot to pick up your student or child at a practice. It's the worst feeling in the world. But if you're a parent, maybe after Christmas, there are things you wish you could have gotten or wish you would have done, or, or maybe you've just been feeling down on yourself as a parent. Can I just encourage you for a minute here? Mary and Joseph didn't just lose their kid. They lost the savior of the world. They misplaced the king of kings. They have been unintentional with the Lord of the universe. And yet there's a spiritual principle here, and it's this. Being unintentional with Jesus today will always result in forgetting Jesus tomorrow. Now, a whole three days go by as Mary and Joseph are looking for Jesus That pit in their stomach is growing deeper. They're wondering where he is, and they decide to go backwards. They decide to go back where they last remember seeing him, to Jerusalem, to the temple courts. Now let's fast forward to 2021. Maybe some of you are deconstructing your faith right now. Maybe you're asking lots of big questions about God, about the world, about your life Maybe you're wondering, is Jesus even worth following anymore? Here's my encouragement to you. Follow the example of Mary and Joseph. Before you graduate from your faith, choose to go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Choose to dive into the original primary sources I wanna encourage you to explore who Jesus actually is because I believe as you dive in, not just listening to or reading what is posted online or what you see in your Instagram feed, but as you dive into the story of God and as you read some books and talk with some people who are followers of Jesus, you are gonna meet him again or maybe you'll meet him for the very first time. You see, as we see in the story, everyone is amazed at the answers that Jesus is giving. It's because truth can be known. There are answers to the questions of who am I? Where do I belong? And what's my purpose? They're all found in a relationship with Jesus as the Bible leads us And guides us. In fact, next Sunday, January 2nd, we're going to be talking about the six decisions that defined history and could define your 2022. And one of the things we're going to talk about is the importance of reading God's word. So make sure you come back next Sunday as we talk about those six decisions. But I have one last challenge for you. And it's maybe to consider picking up one of these books about Jesus, about the evidence for Jesus. There's two books that I really, really love. The first is The Problem of Jesus by Mark Clark. And the second one is How Not to Read the Bible by Dan Kimball. I think these books are going to help you as you explore and deepen your understanding of Jesus, as you go back to truly find him.
1: Hmm. Pastor Eric, that is such a great challenge and and it leads us to our third big idea, which seems simple but it's true that you will always find Jesus where he has always been. Mm. As we start to reach the climax of this story, Mary and Joseph, they find Jesus in the temple courts and they confront Jesus just like good parents should. Mm. And in verse 48, we get confirmation that Mary and Joseph were feeling exactly what we would expect parents to feel in a situation like this. That anxiety, the pain, the uncertainty. And she says to Jesus, verse 48, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Mary, as a parent, is understandably so upset because she thinks that maybe Jesus might have disobeyed her, that maybe he was trying to get into trouble. But just like Pastor Eric pointed out, in this text and throughout God's word, we see that Jesus never sinned. He was a fully man and fully God. And so he experienced everything that you and I do. Temptation, sorrow, pain, and yet he never sinned. And so how is this Jesus going to respond to his mother? Well, in verse 49, he says to her, why were you searching for me? (laughs) And if you had any doubt, if Jesus was was a middle schooler at this time, The evidence is right there in red letters. (laughs) Jesus responds to his parents' reprimand with a sassy little, well, why were you searching for me? (laughs) And that always makes me laugh. But the sassiness there, anytime Jesus speaks with a little bit of sass, it's always a holy sass. And Jesus is just responding to his parents' astonishment with an equal astonishment. (laughs) And because I know the character of Jesus, that he wasn't trying to be disobedient or he wasn't trying to mess around, I know that as much sass as there might be in this response, there is balanced with it a beautiful gentleness and compassion. Mm. And he looks at his parents and he says, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Mm. For Jesus, it only made sense that he would be found in his heavenly father's house doing exactly what he was asking him to do. It, at, just, at just 12 years old, which in Jewish culture is a full year before young men would, be, would become what was known as a son of the commandment. So a full year before this big coming of age kind of transition time Jesus recognizes his unique relationship with God the Father. Mm. No other human had ever experienced God as my father. Mm. In fact, in the Old Testament, which is the part of the Bible that comes before the Gospels which we're sitting in right now, in the Old Testament, the concept of my of God as my father, it's not identified. It's it's hardly to be found. Mm. And yet those words are some of the first words that we have on record as Jesus ever speaking. Mm. And we talk a lot about how last words are really important, but first words can often be just as memorable and just as important. Mm. So 18 years before his public ministry, middle school Jesus, he makes it very, very clear Mm. There's no one like him. He really is special because he really is God in the flesh. Mm. And so whether you've lost Jesus or maybe you haven't ever found him, Mm. I think what's so encouraging from this story is that Jesus wasn't mischievous, right? He wasn't trying to play some evil prank on his parents. Jesus doesn't want to hide from us He doesn't play any of those same games with us today. In fact, Jesus wants to be found by us, and he makes it very clear where he can be found because there's a few places where he has never left. Jesus has always been near the Father. In John chapter 10, verse 30, he says, I and the Father are one. Jesus has always been in God's word. John chapter one, verse 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Jesus has always been with God's people. In Matthew 18, verse 20, he says, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And Jesus has always been where people are served and loved. In the story that Jesus tells in Matthew 25, he says that the righteous one day will ask him, well, Jesus, when were you hungry and we gave you something to eat? When were you thirsty and we gave you something to drink? When did we clothe you? When did we visit you? When did we take care of you? And Jesus says in verse 38 that the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. If you want to find Jesus, or even if you're having trouble finding Jesus, the helpful question is, how are you connecting with him where he promises to always be? Today, do you need to commit to a Bible reading plan so that you're in God's word and the word is near to you? Are you a part of a life group right now? Are you in relationship with people who can encourage and challenge you to go deeper with God and with others? How about when was the last time that you stepped out of your comfort zone to serve someone else? In Jesus, God drew near to us, and in a beautiful way, he he flips that on on its head, and he invites us to draw near to him every day. And God does not want to hide from us. He's given us the map and he's told us exactly where we can find him.
0: And here's what's amazing, Pastor Claire, about that adventure of following Jesus. Is it's our fourth idea. That encountering Jesus is always a transformational experience. Here Luke provides us with a transition sentence in verse 51. Then he, referring to Jesus, went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And then in verse 52 he says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. But sandwiched between those is the last part of verse 51 that says, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Now, before we get to that, it's it's important to note that it's not saying in verse 51 that Jesus was just now becoming obedient to his parents. In fact, a better translation is probably, and he was obeying them, which is a phrase that expresses continuous obedience. But it's in the middle of all that that Mary treasures this moment in her heart. Just like she treasured the moment of his birth in Luke chapter two, verse 19, because she is being transformed through her relationship with Jesus. Now she would continue treasuring moments in her heart and then her heart broke. In John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27, it says, near the cross of Jesus, this is at the end of his life, stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her, Jesus' mother, into his home. You see, Jesus, moments after caring for his mom, breathes his last breath and says, it is finished. You see, friends, this is so critical at this point in the story because Jesus is not just a baby in the manger. Jesus is not just a boy in his father's house. Jesus is the crucified and resurrected Savior of the world. And the danger of December 26th is that we would forget Jesus in the manger. We would forget Jesus as a junior hire in his father's house and forget that he grew up, died on a cross, rose from the dead so that you and I could have the greatest Christmas gift in the history of the world. And it's a relationship with God. Yes, this invitation is for all of humanity. It's an invitation for Mary, his mother. It's an invitation. For you and for me. You see, the birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus made all of that possible. And so, friends, don't forget Jesus on December 26. Don't forget Jesus in 2022 because Jesus was born. He survived the junior high years. He lived a perfect life, was crucified, and rose from the dead to make it possible for us to be in a relationship with God. And that's always worth remembering. Let's pray.
1: Jesus, thank you so much for today. And God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this story where we are reminded that you are not just a boy in his father's house, that you are the king of kings, that you are our savior who died and rose again for us. Jesus, we ask that you help us treasure these things about you in our hearts. And God, would you help each of us take a next step so that we can Go into tomorrow, we can go into 2022 remembering you, our Savior. We love you so much, Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.